Absolutely. I want to dig back a little bit about the history behind this. Specifically, I just don't, I have a fundamental feeling that I specifically don't trust stuff. Trust is a problem for me. I usually don't do brew installs on my Mac. I usually run a Linux box separately. My Mac is just a dumb machine which runs that. So I saw a blog post from Kim, who's a chain guard founder, in late 2019, if I'm not wrong. This was during my, almost my winter break, I saw a blog post about how Envoy Proxy didn't have this automated way of figuring out the dependency because they just didn't trust the dependency and they wanted an automated way to trust that. I saw this blog post on Medium from Envoy Proxy and I'm like, perfect, this is my solution. I was working for a large financial giant back then and we had the same problem. I said, I'm gonna go look at this project, which is Scorecard. And I did my, and during my winter break, I said, I'll do my first PR. And the contributors and the maintainers were amazing. They merged my PR. And my winter break, I didn't have anything else to do. I kept contributing, contributing. And Jan first week, Dan Lorenk, uh, the CEO of ChainGuard, he was, the, he was the initial contributor. He sent out a message saying, hey, do you want to be a maintainer? And I down, I went the rabbit hole. That's how it started. Absolutely. Security scorecard, it gives you a score for any of your open source projects. It looks at the best practices and gives score of how they are, how it is, how the particular project is doing. It does about 18 different checks and gives a scoring for all 18 different checks. So essentially, anybody can understand how good the project is, how much they can trust. And all of this is done automatically. There's no human beings involved in doing this. So essentially, that's the reason why it scales pretty well. It is free software. It's 100% free. There's nothing paid for this. There is a GitHub action. There's a CLI. There's an API. There are multiple things that anybody can utilize to do this. Absolutely, Brian is product manager from Google, specifically focused on open source software, especially on supply chain security. So Brian and I have been doing this, or, or been collaborating and trying to do what's right thing for the scorecard specifically. Then we decided we're gonna go spread this news across to different industry partners, different people, because people aren't aware of that. So we have been doing this for, I think, five, six months, trying to go to large conferences to talk about this specifically. So essentially, the whole idea behind this talk is how can any individual, any organization build the healthy trust to depend on an open source project instead of going blindsided it's almost like having your speedometer on your car to say, what speed am I going on? That's a way this will essentially give you some kind of score which essentially gives you how do you trust something. That's what we're specifically talking about. The GitHub action, the API, all the things with respect to that. And teaching people what is software supply chain posture, why software supply chain is critical from that angle to how they can utilize scorecard and also talk about what is OpenSSF. We made sure that somebody who, they have just five seconds or 30 seconds, they can get something out of the stock to five minutes, 
15 minutes, one plus days. So essentially we have different things that somebody can walk away with because it's like anything else in life. You initially want to try something, then you want to spend more time. And so that's our goal behind the stock. Absolutely. So it is complementary. It doesn't replace any of those stuff. So essentially, right now, if given an example, if within an organization, if someone else is building a library, you understand who is that person building a library, what SDLC policies that they're following, what is the provenance of that. So you, you have trust on this other team who's building the software. But the modern software, as per Linux Foundation, about 70 to 85% of software is using open source. How do you have that trust? How do you build the trust? So wouldn't it be nice to know the same things that you can do with your sister organization who was trying to build that similar library? So that's where Scorecard comes in. Scorecard is essentially only complementing with other tools, but giving you that answer as to how do I trust something? What are the provenance? Giving an example being, the, do these projects have code review? Code review is one of the checks with scorecard. So we give scoring from zero to 10, 10 being the best, zero being the least. And so it essentially gives an organization points to look at as to, is this critical for me? If it's critical for me, how is this project doing? It's giving insights into what the projects are all about. So the dangerous workflow, I would compare that to almost like SQL injection. So, so if you don't take care of your SQL injection, somebody is likely to inject SQL in, could drop your table, could delete records. That is what the dangerous workflow I could compare with. So there's a classic example wherein we can take the a workflow that is not secure. Somebody can commit code in into your Git repository if you don't if you don't secure your workflow because you would have never assumed that would have been possible and that's what can happen and you would never be able to figure out that it went into that that's one of the classic ways of somebody injecting code in by just opening just by just not even you don't even have to merge that PR, even opening that PR, we, if the workflow hasn't been set, it can commit code into your repository, which is not your intention at all. And this is where if you have proper branch protection, and if you follow the best practice of GitHub Action specifically on the dangerous workflow, you avoid this in defense in depth. So essentially, if something goes wrong, if somebody if there's another zero day, but your branch prediction would should take care of that, and that's the idea behind having those things called out. I understand specifically on that there could be they could be using libraries which don't need any updates at all. It could be an extremely teensy bit library that does not require any updates at all. But what Scorecard is trying to do, Scorecard is trying to 
make it generic. So essentially, we are trying to run this across millions of repositories. So talking with respect to if you trust something and if you know those things don't require any change, the organization can ignore that check for that repository. But generally, if things aren't, it's like any other yard. If you don't, if you don't take out weeds, if you don't cut your grasses, guess what? There's going to be pests coming at home. So that's the same perspective. Every organization is looking at vulnerabilities. I'm not saying that's been a focus for a long time. It's not something that has been new, but obviously with the open source software, a lot more vulnerabilities are being identified and being patched, and that becomes a job for itself for somebody to do that. But I'm going to give an example of Stuxnet being an example. Stuxnet is a classic software supply chain issue where in government, we don't want to name who it was, we didn't want the Iranian government to build nuclear weapons. And it was a classic supply chain attack wherein they were able to inject it in because the, the Iranian government had defense in depth. They secured everything physical. They didn't have anything else. Nobody could go into that. But with software supply chain attack, we were able to bring down the nuclear buildup in Iran. That's being the example, because introducing vulnerability in that is extremely hard, but if they were able to introduce the vulnerability by software supply chain, so essentially that could bring down a nuclear program, which can bring down a nuclear program, think about every other organization has to what they have to think about. So essentially, this is not a problem, I'm not here to say that vulnerability is not an issue, but I'm saying also think about it's not the peripherals, it's across the supply chain, that's where the problem is going into. So up until now we were focusing on GitHub. Now we are also, with the community support, we are focusing on GitLab also. We're trying to move into GitLab. We're trying to say, how can we as OpenSF Scorecard go ahead and help not just GitHub being the primary focus, we're also looking at how we can help GitLab. Another one feature we are, I'm gonna shout out for myself is we are trying to build up a GitHub action which specifically gives you a score Every time you bring a new dependency, it automatically gives you a score as a comment. So essentially it gives you, we're trying to move to the far left. Essentially if somebody's bringing a new dependency in or upgrading a dependency, we want to get you a score. So essentially gives you that insight immediately. Coming back to organizations can utilize this using just the API scorecard provides and should be able to use this. But Scorecard's team is trying to build a GitHub action to specifically solve this. So these are the kind of things that we are working on to essentially help the problem shift to the far left. The sooner we help people cast these problems, the better decisions that they can work on. Another final thing that I also want to talk about is the Scorecard team is also trying to build a policy engine. So essentially, because it's perspective, problems of perspectives. So every organization can have different perspective. Scorecard does not want to be in the business of 
giving perspective. We rather let the teams make that perspective, but we just want to give the data, raw data, and let the teams make those perspectives with policy engine to make those decisions, and that's what we're also trying to work on to do that for the community. I fundamentally believe books are opportunities to speak with these phenomenally achieved leaders and that's the only way I get to have their time to go get to speak to them. So that's why I fundamentally believe that and I also am a big fan of Charlie Munger. Charlie Munger's fundamental philosophy is figure out all your knowledge only being using being rational is the critical point for him he said his grandfather taught him specifically being rational and i learned about charlie mango late in my life not that i learned it very early and so that's why i'm trying to be rational i'm not there i'm trying to be like anything else in life is trying to be rational and i realize using books is the only way to be to have perspective from different individuals because I realize all of us are very strongly opinionated on some things, which we don't want somebody else coming and telling us this is not right, but when we read books, we are able to understand that. At least I'm able to. And I specifically, I like to buy physical books rather than Kindle books because I get to see them. It's based on my mood, what book I want to read, and I keep reading different things based on that. I'm a big believer in mental models, so I like to take shortcuts in my life, and I realize Creating mental models have been extremely helpful looking at everything. For example, being using first principles to fundamentally analyze any other problems had specifically helped me take that knowledge, apply that to software, and trying to see, is this the first principle? I read this book many times of Mental Models by Shane Parrish on Farnham Street. It's three books of that, which is really great. And I'm also reading I read many books simultaneously. I get bored, I keep flipping many books. I'm reading a book called Creators by Adam Grant. Adam Grant is a professor in Wharton, and I recently happened to discover him. And the real funny thing is, I just finished halfway of the book, and I said, no, I need to reread it again. I'm starting over to, because I realized I haven't grasped it, and I read, I'm rereading it. Those are a few things I would recommend somebody to start looking at it. But coming back to this one final thing is reading should be enjoyable. So if you don't like reading those subjects, go pick any book that you love to read. The reading should not be a chore. It can be fiction, it can be comic. So reading should be an enjoyable. So take your time, read what you love because you will eventually love to read. <laughs>